was just saying how strong we're still going. And I don't mean the odour in here. Actually, that is exactly what I was talking about. Uh, I am Daniel Gardner, and you join us for another edition and installation of Witch Car Weekly. A little swallow sound for you there. I don't mean the little fast bird. I meant just me removing some excess moving on, from my mouth. Moving on. Scott Newman, the associate editor of Motor Magazine. Hello. Hello. And uh, deputy editor Andy Enright <laughs> of Wheels Magazine. That was a cough from let's Scott. Let's start again, shall let's, we? No, let's, let's pick it up from where we are. This is how we're natural, and that's how people like us most. Uh, welcome back to the studio again. We're talking all things motoring matters, um, and it is we've got the old band back together to have a good chat before Christmas. Yes, um, indeed. It's lovely to have you both. I think probably without further ado, we get stuck straight into it because that's the way we roll and we work best. Yeah. On today's chat, Tesla, what the truck? Andy goes, mmm, in South Africa and our motoring marathons. That sounded good, See. didn't it? That was all right. Uh, let's kick it off then, Andy. You have been away. You're always away. You're always gallivanting around the globe doing something in- interesting. Just quickly before we talk about car stuff, what were you doing on unofficial car business last... Well, you weren't doing anything to do with cars for, for for a change. Nope. What were you doing? I jumped on two planes and I went to uh, South Australia, Port Lincoln, and got on a boat for three hours out to the Neptune Islands and went shark cage diving. Absolutely bugger that. Like, but there were no sharks. Good. Oh. So I'll, I'll, I'll go again. I'll, 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 that's how they get from you. There's never any sharks. From South Australia to South Africa. Is, that's where you were, wasn't it? And you were there. That's where he swam. For B- <laughs> it's a very strong swim. <laughs> you were there with BMW. What were you doing there, Andy? They have this thing at Kyalami Racetrack called the M Festival. And it's basically a, a big marketing exercise. They get all of these old M cars together and all the current ones. And it turns into this massive dealership, in effect. And they invite people in and there's a big soundstage, live music. 30,000 people rock up there, have a good time. an Oompa band? No, there was no, oh. there was no umpa band. It, it was, it was properly Not African, and the, and the, oh, okay. the organisation was was pretty African as well. It, it was, it was <laughs> properly chaotic, and really, really good fun. Um, I ended up in the uh, emergency room because, uh, what? I, yeah, I, I managed to tear my arm apart uh, trying to what? film film over the top of a fence, and uh, they just cut the tops of like the hurricane fences off there and leave leave sharp bits oh. as, as a sort of surrogate for a, for a barbed wire fence, and. Uh, I can attest to the fact it works really well. <laughs> um, I, I got glued back together and, uh, and carried on. But, Which uh, bit of you? Uh, you? Uh, my, my arm, my right arm. Well, you had your tetanus shot? No, I didn't, actually. Mm. Um, no, I, I was kind of thinking I should So if this done. is the last episode so of Smell Weekly. It's gangrenous. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know um, what happened to Annie. Okay, yeah. so what was the point of being there? I mean, yes, as you say, it's the M Festival. Yeah. It's obviously a chance to get out there and refresh yourself with all the range of the M cars BMW yeah. produced at the moment. But I'm assuming they had one particular core model that you were out there to focus on? Well, no one really told us what the point of it was because mm, uh, intriguing. Um, BMW South Africa are kind of freestyle like that. Um, but Marcus Flash was there, the boss of M, so I got to interview him. He's a he's a good bloke, and uh, the, the name is is just headline writer's totally, gold, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, does like a headline-grabbing quote of Mr. Flash. Yeah, he does. He's, he's toned those back a bit. Oh, though. funny, I, funny I think, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he got his collar felt in Munich for uh, being a bit bullish with those. Um, so so he's a bit more reserved now, which is a bit for of a shame. For those who aren't, he uh, famously had a quote in a with Australian media, in an interview with Australian media, saying the new M8 would be a 911 turbo killer, and it did not go well. Mm. No, he's, he's one of the good guys. Drives a um, Z3... M Coupe, so not yep. a one point nine. No, no. <laughs> so, so you know he's. he's What's good, the matter but... with that? What's the matter oh, with the one point nine? 
Awful car. Nothing matter with the M44. Horrendous. Oh, it's a great dude, engine. Dude. Has lots of potential. Now, Shut now. up, Scott. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we got out on track in all of the, like the current M cars, pretty much. Um, but I think the thing that I liked most about this event was they got us in. They fed us and watered us and all that sort of stuff at Kailami Racetrack, which was an old F1 track, and it was the last track that BMW got a world championship. Um, and now owned by Porsche South Africa. Yes, indeed. Which is nice. um, and it, it's a really, really fun track. Uh, and we'd been given guidance around it during the day. And uh, it got dark. And then they just said, let's go out on the track now. And this would, never, this would never happen in Australia. I, I want to point this out. You know, you, they'd be all wavers to sign and yeah. you'd be wearing helmets and hands devices and everything. In South Africa, it was just, like, yeah, go get in a car and go for your life. So we were jumping Did in. anyone turn the lights on? There were no lights. Oh, God. <laughs> was absolutely pitch black and we're out there in m3s and m4s like hang on and there's a point at the top of the track where it goes into this big hairpin and back down the hill and uh in the day we not were told, at night you don't yeah we were told oh you you're a you're you just gotta aim over this blind crest at the tree up there and so i'm coming up there at like 220 where's my tree yeah. <laughs> couldn't see the tree at all so it was, it was just it. like yeah, aim into the dark, uh, just hope for the best and see if you're in the corner. Um, luckily, I didn't fall off, but uh, it was a cool event. They had Did anyone? No, they had they had loads of really, really interesting stuff. Um, they had uh, the BMW 530 MLE, which Ooh. I thought I oh, knew. Oh, that's really early, isn't it? Yeah. Like I, e tw- e, not before E12, that was it's, E9. It's an e, it's, I think it's an E12. It's, it's an E12, E12 right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I knew a lot about BMW M cars. I, this one was completely new to me. I'm looking at this thing going, what is this? And so I had a chat with... Uh, Marcus Flat, and he was telling me that uh, this car was the first M badge BMW road car anywhere, 1976, like before wow. M535i, 4M1, all of that. Um, it was built as a homologation special. They built uh, 110 Type 1s in 76, and the following year, 117 Type 2s. Uh, 147 kilowatts, and it was the most successful 5 Series race car. To date, up until, cool. up until it retired in '85, it won the first 15 races. It won 15, three successive championships in the modified production series. It's it was absolutely beautiful, and they found this car. It was it was a basket case, this thing originally, mm. but they got the same four guys at the Rosslyn plant who built the original car to restore wow, wow. the thing. These old Fantastic. boys um, brought it up to the Concorde condition. It is just beautiful. This Some thing. really cool stuff in South Africa. A lot of Aussie cars went over to South Africa. There's quite a lot of like XYGTs and stuff over there. Oh, um, that yeah, show right. up, uh, but I'll keep it on BMWs. There's the, you know, the OCD special, the BMW 333i. Oh, yeah. Which I don't really know much about, except that I love its badge because it's perfectly. Uh, I, I got to drive one of those for unique cars. Yeah, yeah they had. We had um, a 333i and the um, Rosslyn built E28 M5 oh. together. Oh. A pair of those, but they also did a three um, an E30 325is. Yeah. A 2.7 um, Alpina Fettel like M20 engine. Wow! And that was 145 kilowatts. And then they did an Oof. Evo 2 155 kilowatts in '91. That would boogie. Yeah, they're they're really rare. That's 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 the real. But it was like that thing was particularly cool because not only did it get the Alpina derived 2.7 M20 engine, it also had like they made aluminium stamped front wings and bonnet for it. Wow. Yeah. 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 And it had M3 front suspension and it had M3 rear brakes. It was like and it was 10 mil lower. So it was like it was properly done. 
back in the days where the engineers just locked the accountants in the totally in the in the yeah. wardrobe yeah, or and then closet. locked themselves in the workshop, yeah. just got it done, and no one could do anything. Let about them it. out and when they'd finished. It's such a cool thing, though. You know, everyone goes on about the the Italian three twenty IS as being like the the sort of car for people who really know their E thirties, but I I think this yeah three two five IS is we've well, already level. mentioned you already mentioned the three 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 I, which was the M thirty, the big six in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did a version of that, which was turbocharged. They made about Ooh. five of them. And if in a three series, in a, in a pre facelift E thirty three series, good god, it would have turned and, itself inside out. And if you boosted them, they apparently made three hundred kilowatts. <laughs> That's yeah. almost enough. Yeah. And I met one. I met one once in the UK. Wow! Yeah. Didn't they, drive they, it because obviously you can tell because I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had a they had a really cool like seven four five I. Original, like looked like an art car in there as well. Well, that's the and, engine yeah. that the 333 got, yep. Turbo got. Yep. Yeah, they had the M1. Um, there's one M1 in South South Africa. They had that there. Oh. Uh, a whole load of cool stuff. Um, a bus got hijacked. Nice. Yes. Oh, we well, got the complete South African experience. <laughs> yeah, piano ribs on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he no, wasn't. Oh. North Sandra, unfortunately. Oh dear. But uh, yeah, the driver just stopped in traffic shouted an expletive and got out of the bus and apparently uh, they'd got the uh, luggage compartment open and were helping, trying to help themselves through the bags out oh, of the geez. side of the bus. So have you got your stuff back yet or not? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> alright, I'm alright. And he was the one hijacking the bus. <laughs> but M, M Festival, I would recommend that. And uh, So can anyone do it? Uh, yes, yeah, anyone can go. Um, they want to bring it to uh, Australia. Um, but whether that will happen or not remains to be seen. But Are they going to hold it like Wakefield Park or? <laughs> no, it, it, <laughs> just it, for the bikes. <laughs> it, would, it would have to be um, somewhere either Bathurst or Phillip Island. Yeah, yeah it's, it's big. Because Mercedes Probably already big. do a festival of AMG. They do that at Phillip Island. Well, the bend, the bend would be good. Yeah, but Ooh, they, they, can't, they can't get anyone to go to the bend. Like, no, e- even people from Adelaide don't go to the bend yeah, because they see so it as being too far away, too far away out in the desert. Yeah, yeah. And when you get there, it's either minus seventy degrees and blowing a howling gale, or it's plus seventy degrees and everything incinerates immediately. <laughs> but it is awesome. I will say that the it's bend, a great track. It is an awesome facility. Yeah, they just testament need the to the Shaheen family. <clears throat> Brilliant track. All right. Well, congratulations, and you've once again succeeded in uh, making. Scott and I hate you a little bit more. <laughs> well done. Wasn't hard. Um, from yeah, yeah, exactly. He doesn't do himself any favors. Uh, okay, let's talk about another massive thing that was in the headlines last week. But we want to take it a little bit further. Um, Tesla revealed its latest model. No, no, no. To hang on, don't give me that because you are now some kind of Tesla file since you got sideways in a t- Model Three. Yeah, some but... kind of convert over there. So don't tell. Don't. You know, you can't jump back on that old bandwagon. <laughs> I've been told. Yeah, okay, so... I've been reprimanded, Andy. Tesla, look, if, if you're in the cars and you haven't heard about this already, then I don't know where you've been. But Tesla revealed its Cybertruck. And I don't know where to start with this. Um, I don't know where to start... The name, the whole sort of premise behind it, the way it looks, its dubious um, protection for occupants. It's just... Is this, and this is the question that many have asked, and this is what I want to discuss with you guys, is it a big stunt? Or is it for real? I think it's for real. I suspect it will come out looking as close as it can to its original shape while meeting all the necessary guidelines, which, you know, 
there's so many it doesn't meet, like pedestrian safety standards, all that sort of stuff, that who knows what that final shape will actually be. Haven't seen that yet. Um, once again, it's, it comes out and we all get sucked up into it. Elon Musk is a, mas- Elon Musk is a master of cr- creating and owning the news cycle mm. because you saw about nothing else for about you know 48 hours, which is brilliant publicity. And all his many legions of followers lap it up and think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But, but, and this is the thing, I totally agree, you, you can't buy publicity like that. But on this occasion, it seems to have somewhat partially backfired when Tesla shares, shares fell by 6% overnight when its bulletproof windows weren't even tennis ball proof. True, but last time I looked at the orders, it also had 250,000 pre-orders. How many of those will be fulfilled, though? Give but it, it also doesn't it matter, because it's just it's put another 20... What twenty five million on the balance sheet? I then. know, but that's that's for nothing. That's chump change for for Tesla. Yeah, I every think, bit helps. You know, though. it's just it's just fishing for investors saying that you know yeah. we have potentially this many orders. Yeah. Um, I love the Cybertruck. I think it is amazing, but I also know that it's a giant load of old bollocks. Um, <laughs> it, it won't look like that at all. I've got to say, initially out. I was like, "What the hell?" But it does actually look quite cool. I think. I've been waiting for that moment. I thought that would happen. When I first saw it, my initial knee-jerk reaction was, it's absolutely fuggers. But then Mm. I thought, okay, maybe it will grow on me. It could just be too outlandish. It's too unorthodox. Maybe I'll just get it at some point. I sat back, and 600 years later, it still hasn't happened. That moment of just going, I get it, I get it, it's genius, hasn't happened. And I'm Mm. really hoping it does, but it's just just fugly. A couple of guys have done, I follow on Instagram, have done renders of it. They're like rendering geniuses. I think they actually work for car companies. And they've like slammed them and put a race spec thing on it. One one of them did Ken Block's Hoonicorn treatment. It actually looks wicked. Looks oh, really cool. Really? Um, yeah, it's like a cool sort of you know those guys that like drop hiluxes and stuff and put V8s in them. Kind of looks like that. It looks good. Um, the only way I can see that styling working is if you hook it up behind a Mitsubishi Triton and drag it off road because it just looks like an off road trailer. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it's the only way that styling works is as a camper trailer behind a proper SUV. Yeah, that's why it's sort of hard to talk about the Cybertruck at the moment because what is its actual final form? going to be yeah like you can you can't really evaluate it as it is at the moment like it's all a bunch of i want to say wank really like stainless steel panels like okay there's maybe some logic behind it but like who cares and it, instantly it's going to scratch yeah um if you if you try to take one off road and run it down like a usual tree-lined yeah. tree-lined you know uh narrow trail and that's the other thing the thing is enormous yeah trying to fit it anywhere um Bulletproof glass, like who cares? Like, I'm not bulletproof, but apparently the butt panels aren't bulletproof. Like, they sort of why don't why don't they just make the windows out of the same stuff that they made a, t- a Nokia thirty two ten? That's right, the whole car out of it. <laughs> what about know that's indestructible? Just put a wheel, put wheels on a Nokia thirty two ten or whatever. No, I've always said the most indestructible substance that you should definitely make the bodywork out of is egg on my frying pan. Yeah, that, oh. or or um. Dale Sultana brand in your bowl. In your exactly. Bowl. That stuff Ooh. is there forever, isn't Jack it? And there's absolutely no removing it. Yep. Um, stainless steel body panels. If you want to make an association with one of the most unsuccessful cars in the world, by all means, reference <laughs> the DeLorean and do stainless steel body panels. They also have to be three millimetres thick to give them the right strength, which means this thing weighs approximately 45,000 tonnes, yes. which means its battery has to weigh about the same. Yep. The thing is going to be heavy, it's going to be lumbering, it's going to be silly. And but Dan, it's faster than a Porsche 911. Sure, mate. And 
and I don't know about you, but like my fridge and my cooktop is made out of stainless steel, and you clean it, turn around, go for a week, come back, and it's filthy again. Yeah, exactly. It looks shit. It's the stupidest thing to make anything out of. That's why. Why, we... why would Elon Musk really want to associate himself with some drug-addled, power-crazed lunatic like uh, John DeLorean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or a Kelvinator fridge. Well, some would argue there's parallels there. Uh, yeah. Um. That's what I mean. That's the thing. We get back to the whole cult of Tesla, which is the really annoying thing about it all. Elon Musk probably has the ability, the, the he's you know very very clever in many ways to make a really forward thinking uh, pickup truck. Yeah, which is kind of what he's gone for. And in some ways, he's succeeded. But it's all the stunts around it, where it's out dragging a generation old nine eleven. It's pulling a F one fifty. In two-wheel drive, yeah. up a hill in a tug-of-war. It's all that rubbish. It's, I've tried to make it bulletproof. Who like It might be good in Johannesburg, I suppose. But apart from that, you don't need all this stuff. The, my problem with that, with this this um, machine of kind of publicity and media that he's, he's um, oiling, is it works for America and not anywhere else. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it, I'm sorry, but that, that audience... Swallows that it butters it up and swallows it without question, you know. And and I don't think the rest of the world is that evangelical or gullible. And, no. and I just don't think it's going to work. The uh, the, <coughs> the Australian <coughs> sorry website uh, allows you to order one now with a hundred fifty dollar mm-hmm. order. You can't uh, spec it up as yet. Um, I was hugely disappointed by that because I wanted flamethrowers where I could incinerate a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the other thing, like. <laughs> It was what three years between the first first initial uh, reservations and the first Model Three arriving yeah. in Australia. Yeah. So this is so far down the track. I mean, it's if hard they... to look at the Cybertruck without cynicism when Rivian exists. Yeah. And the truck is a yeah. really good looking, mm. in my personal opinion. But I think it's you know it's, it's certainly it's a, less divisive. Yeah, less divisive, and it's more it's a more utilitarian shape. You look into the engineering behind it; it's really clever. They have actually thought about how can we use electricity, the, the advantages of electricity and electric motors to forward the pickup truck genre, genre um, in terms of space utilization and torque and all that. Um, and it's actually you know a real thing. You know they're, they're driving prototypes. It's got Ford backing behind it. It's the platform's going to go under the next link, and it's yeah. like yeah. And we got to yeah. remember that this is what the third um, Tesla product that they've announced, and and you can't you can't buy yet the it's, semi, the roadster, yeah, yeah, the Cybertruck, and and if you include the ATV that was yeah. launched at the same time, yeah. which some very cynical people seem to think is just a a, a rehash of a Yamaha, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, because that's the thing, like. All the Tesla radio are getting out. Oh, you guys are all Tesla haters. I've been we've been copping that all week for various reasons. Yeah, the cars are really good. A Model S is you know they've got, they, there's a few quality niggles and stuff like which is they're 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 a nascent car company. You're going to get that. Yeah. But essentially, to drive the technology works. It's completely revolutionised the car industry by showing that hey, electric propulsion can work now. The Model Three is a really really good car to drive. You know, it, it yeah, works. Yeah, I love that. Thing. Um, the cars are really great. It's all the bullshit that goes along with it yeah. you just don't like even with the Model S it's like great car but then you get the people going oh it does 2.3 seconds to 100 not like it doesn't yeah. it's not the fastest thing on four wheels yeah. it's not um, you know it's not God's gift to autodom but it is a really good car that's right And but, but there's a, a certain type of person out there in the world mostly people who buy iPhones without even yeah. questioning what they do um, that 
that d- won't accept that something isn't the very best. Yeah. It, they don't accept that something can be just fine. Hmm. It can just be a good thing. And the fact thing. that you don't take that take that uh, position means you're a, you're a hater. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. We, we've, we've been copying this online about uh, Taikan. Um, we've put things up on Taikan and, and we just got these pitchfork brigade from Tesla fans yep. just going, oh, you know, this car is too expensive. It's crap. It's not even as fast as this. And, that, uh, and there's a place for both of those cars. Mm. And there's a place for the Jaguar I-Pace. And, y- you know, mm. these are, are cars in different niches and be nuanced about it. Yes. Exactly right. Well said, gentlemen. And I dare say that, you know, Porsche, if it ever unveils and rolls out a, a self-driving system for its take-on, then it won't drive you into the side of a white truck. Yes. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Before the haters once again descend. You are a hater. Um, there was an event that took place very recently called the Cannonball Run. Yes. And boy, did it make the headlines. It did. Most notably because... Uh, the team of gentlemen that partake, partook, well, one particular team, uh, did the Cannibal Run, which is a dash from one side of America to the other. Cross-continental race, I suppose you'd call it. Um, challenge? Challenge is probably mm. better. Um, they broke the record. Yes. Which, um, how does this sound? New York to LA in 27 hours, 25 minutes. How fast is that going? That is an average of... You, don't, you really don't want to know. <laughs> average of 165 kilometres. Including hour. stops. Including stopping. That is spectacular. Spectacularly illegal. Yes, and that is what we have to... Obviously, you know, look, we, we are a fan of being irreverent on Wichita yes. Weekly, but we have to say that that is... But it's not just the speed, their average speed that they did, which was illegal. Basically, everything they did yeah. was illegal. They were in a modified car. It was a Mercedes... Was it E63? E63, yeah. Um, tuned. Tuned for 500-something kilowatts. With a big old fuel tank, I take yep. it? Yep. Yeah, you'd think so, because those... Had those... the full GTHO Phase 3 fuel tank in it. <laughs> Filler on each side, 165 litres. So they stopped for a complete for a total of 22 minutes mm. during the run, which is like... How many bottles do you reckon they're weed in? Oh, I don't reckon they... they bothered with the bottles by the end <laughs> you, you wouldn't want to get, get in that car you well, they just sit four. there seeping gently yeah. at the wheel <laughs> full Le Mans spec yeah. just ah. dreadful word to use but actually I, I sort of brought this up as a topic of conversation I didn't want to talk about it because it's highly elite it was like you almost don't want to give them the publicity so if had they averaged it and they've done like you know five or ten over it's like oh yeah wink wink nudge nudge it is so blatantly illegal they had to like average 260k's an hour on bits so we're not talking about it. But it did lead me to some crazy endurance stunts that we have done behind the wheel closer to home. And I'm sure you guys have done it as well. At various times in your life when you've driven a crazy... Like, Andy, when you're in the UK, it's like, hey, let's drive to France or something or drive to Spain or whatever. Yep. So I'll start with a couple of the ones that our magazines have done. We also motor. So for quite a long time, motor held the record for the Around Australia drive. Yeah. Uh, it set one in, like, the early 80s. But most recently, it did it for the MAG's 50th anniversary there was a pair of VYSSs, I think they were, supplied by Holden. Um, they did it in six days, eight hours, and 52 minutes. Wow. Uh, and that was with a few bit of a delay. There was a cyclone delay and stuff like that. It's subsequently been broken by a, guy, a team in a Land Cruiser. They did it in five days, 13 hours, and 43 minutes. Good going. And we're happy to do it because this, kind of, this is how fast you can go around the country with you know, like obeying regulations. It's tricky because you've got to basically drive all the time and have to have... So it's a bit dicey in that way, but you are sort of... It can be done. Um, another one. 
we said it went from uh, again motor back in the day they were sort of crazy people back then 2005 they took a Chrysler Crossfire SRT6 that's 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 crazy enough and that's the story enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they drove a Chrysler Crossfire SRT6 what's a convertible one of those those mad bastards oh. I think they sold like three in Australia oh, anyway yeah. I digress um, Adelaide to Darwin 23 hours 35 minutes of all the car, I can't, I can't let this go. All the cars. Well, they chose, they chose, and that there were five of them in there. The car, <laughs> the car, the car came out, and they're like, we can't compare it to anything because what the hell is it? Yeah. So let's do something silly with it. The actual, um, we'll try and put. Well, actually, we'll put the story up online so you can go and read it because it's a really good read. Yeah. Um, the actual limiting factor was not the SRC six, but the actual Chrysler Voyager support van, which had fuel. <laughs> Extra people, tire, which could only because this was back in the days when the uh, road was still unlimited, mm. so it was it was perfectly legal to yeah. do it. Now, I, um, I think me and Dan have already foreseen the issue at stake here. Did did they not? <laughs> <laughs> see the see the problem was it would only do 180 k's an hour flat out, which was okay. That's enough to really move along, but at that rate. The fuel consumption in the Voyager was so bad that that was the limiting factor of the fuel stops in the Voyager. Uh, anyway, three, 23 hours, 35 minutes, Adelaide to Darwin, pretty impressive. Other one is uh, Wheels Magazine. Uh, had, I believe still have the record for uh, basically Sydney to Perth. Um, Steve Cropley and Peter Robinson, two doyens of the motoring journalism yes, industry, yes. Uh, started in a Falcon, an XC Falcon in 1977, did it in 33 hours. Uh, then they did it in a 1980 Alpha Alfetta in 29 hours, 14 minutes, and 5 seconds. Once again, that's just brave for the choice of car. Yeah. Um, and again, back in the day, I don't think there were speed limits coming yet. I don't think they had because they cruised at a fair old whack. Yeah. Uh, they, to redo that, they did it in a 2007 Jaguar XJ diesel um, in 2007, 37 hours, 29 minutes. Again, that's obeying sort of road rules and stuff like that so they yeah. couldn't break their record they just sort of did it as, a, as an homage yeah um, I don't really see the point of all this it seems a bit silly I'd <laughs> rather have a night in a, in a warm bed than try and sleep in, a, well, in the backseat of a V1 well that's just your opinion that it is just my opinion but my my th- I opened it what's the silliest driving ex- sort of endurance event you've ever done have you had to get back from anywhere or get to a you know girlfriend's house or something like Look, that I have a couple of um, offerings but I I'm 100% certain Andy's is going to be better than mine, so let's just go for Andy. Yeah. Uh, I think the furthest Andy I... once did the London to Sydney Marathon in one stop. <laughs> I think the furthest I drove in a day was from the south of Spain back to the UK. That was that was a fair old schlep. So what would that be, like 1,200, 1,300 k's or something? Or? Ooh, no, nearer to over 2,000. <laughs> Bugger, well, that but, uh, but, um, sort of offering out the water. We did, uh, we did in the New Beetle, uh, drove that from... The West Coast, I think it's San Francisco. We flew in down to Miami and back again. Uh, Why? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the time sent me there to do it, and uh, said you've got a, you've got, you know, a few days to do this. Couldn't thing. you have just got a hotel for three days and then just pretend? You yeah, just, pretend, just hung out in LA or San Fran for three days, and just going right. Yep, great, great story. Who's going to fact check it? We, we were doing, we're doing about six hundred miles a day on that one um, and uh, my co-driver Chaz uh, just got booked everywhere and didn't pay any of the fines <laughs> so he's like anytime he goes back, back to America, all of these states, yeah he's, he's going to be thrown in the <laughs> chokey um, but that, that was a, that was a great trip um, that would have been a lot of fun I bet yeah. that's, that's a, a, what would that would have been late nine 
90? Yeah, 99, 2000, something like that. Yeah, yeah back yeah. in the art when journalism still had money and you could just yep. go and send someone on a two or whatever, yep. what would it be, like we a week to, and a half Yeah, we went to Speed Week at Daytona. We yeah. went to John Hennessy's place. Um, we got shut into uh, Elvis's plane in Graceland. Um, wow. What? Boeing 707. Yeah, we, we were the last people into the museum and uh, we walked into his plane and then realised they'd shut the, shut the whole museum. And uh, we were locked in, and it was wow. great. We were sleeping in Elvis's bed with the like gold-plated buckle. Wow! On, on, so you've inadvertently on had two amazing Graceland references on this podcast. One African music, oh. Paul oh, yeah. Simon. Well done. Yep. And also the famous song Graceland. Are you always you looking for Paul Simon references? Yes, I spend my entire life, my whole day. I will. Oh, I'm gonna now. I'm, yep. Please, I'm aware of that. I I the souls I'm gonna start shoes? calling you Al. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I thought one of the coolest things, um, back in 95, Richard Bremner for Car Magazine drove the new Ferrari 512M oh, yes. to, to the Sahara Desert. Mm-hmm. And then in 2015, Harry Metcalf yeah. drove his own 1987 yeah. Testarossa there. And he oh. said he had to actually basically rebuild the whole car yeah. afterwards because it that was so full of dust and crap. And, uh, to that's do it in your own car, yeah. that's that's Because that's what kind of motoring journalism... I think most of the greatest motoring journalism stories are crazy things like that. Like, yeah, driving a 512 to the Sahara Desert yeah. or I mean there's plenty of others but um, yeah I mean mine can't like my mum and Dan's mine can't come on Dan come on Dan what is it and I'll go last oh well look it was just when it was years ago when I was back at university in the UK there was um, a good friend and one of my best friends and I lived approximately the same place on a range of hills in southwest UK called the Blackdowns and we were both at the same university in Plymouth and that the distance from is that in Somerset that's right Oh, I shall conduct the last segment of Witch Carol Weekly in a Somerset accent. Oh, lovely. Um, no, I won't because that's really tiresome <laughs> and annoying. So it was, a, it was a distance of 70 miles. That's 70 miles thereabouts, about 110 kilometres. This isn't, this, that's not very far, Dan. Not by Australian standards, no way, it isn't. But <laughs> English standards, it's like, God, bloody ridiculous. How does anyone do that commute? So from our um, homes to Plymouth University, same distance, 70 miles. And we, because we would do it so regularly, it started to become oh, a bit of a challenge. Uh, and go. a good time... Uh, sorry, let's clarify that. Doing it at the speed limit is about an hour and 15. Um, we both had very similar cars, both sort of quite tuned BMW 3 Series. So it became this ongoing battle to shed minutes off of the... And then it got, honestly started getting down to seconds. And we'd compare and we got both <laughs> living together for one year of university. And it got utterly ridiculous. Does the statute of limitations allow <laughs> you to say what your best time was? Yeah, because it's a long time ago. Yeah. I don't live there anymore. Yeah. I've, I've escaped. escaped. Um, so I'm begrudgingly saying that Patrick actually holds the record of... No, I'll tell you. So my best time was just under 50 minutes. And Patrick absolutely... You say 70 miles in 15 minutes? Miles. Yeah. Holy yeah. moly, that's going. Yeah. And Patrick holds the overall record and I verified it. Of It was just... just slower than 45 minutes whoa so that's an average speed of about 90 something miles an hour <laughs> and these are, this is not on a main road is it? no no well no. Oh, it's the first and last first bit is very windy sort of okay. country where you could absolutely get away with murder and then it was on the a30 which is a b road that just goes straight through the middle of nowhere and there's never anyone there and honestly patrick used to do the, the silliest things on that road and yeah anyway we're Cut both still down. alive patrick as far as i know is still alive um, if you're listening, Pat. That story got a lot better. Good I thought work. initially you were going to say 70 miles was your endurance record. I once drove 70 miles. <laughs> no. No, it just became a very silly kind of small-scale cannonball run. Well, mine's not, not well. Mine's not that impressive, but it was impressive at the time. So we used to go on car cruises before, you know, all the hoon laws came in and everyone stopped being in car enthusiasts on the road, basically. Um, when they were set off 
and we're going to do basically a lap of Tasmania. So we went all up the east coast, and then they bypassed a couple of roads uh, called some Aries Pass and Elephant Pass. Anyone who's done Targa will know these. Two of the craziest roads yep. going around. So I turned around, went and did this in my Nissan Skyline, which I still got. Uh, but then I had to catch up the catch up the fleet. So then spent the rest of the day basically driving as quickly as I could up the east coast um, through all, all these more amazing roads. I think, you know, and then we drove back to Launceston and then back down to Hobart. So it, it was... It was one day, it was about 18 hours, it was 750 kilometres done or something. Like, it wasn't that... But it was basically 750 k's of Targa roads. Yeah, that would have been absolutely exhausting. Uh, so it was pretty wrecked, but it was also it was, it was like still one of the best days of my life. And what made it even trickier was I later realised that the uh, subframe bushes in the Skyline were slogged out. So it kept having this massive rear steer <laughs> effect, which I didn't really notice at the so time. So that's where but... it started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So rear it made it a bit hairy at times. Yeah, but great day. I went over to Targa Tassie this year, and I had this sort of harebrained idea of wouldn't it be great to do every single Targa stage in 24 hours? Mm. <laughs> um, and I, th- I still think it would be great, but I think it's about 2,200 yeah, kilometers yeah. all up. Yeah, you'd So be... it would, that would be an undertaking, wouldn't it? It would be. But a good idea. Let's do it. Once again, I should reiterate at this point that no one in the room uh, endorses breaking of the speed limit or driving recklessly, unless, of course, you don't get caught. Um, gentlemen, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, it's probably a good time to say next week. Next very week. exciting things happening. We introduce a very special guest to the Witch Car Weekly podcast. Should I tell everyone who it is? Yes. Uh, none other than racing driver extraordinaire and very good ra- uh, driving instructor Renato Liberto and regular Renato Liberto. Yeah, okay, you said it better. Uh, yeah. He will be joining us for a very special chat about what he does and some of his incredible stories. Um, looking further ahead, uh, get ready for a Christmas special that we'll be bringing you. And it may even be from a very special venue we've been to once before, twice before. Uh, and uh, thank you very much guys it's been an absolute pleasure if you are out there driving around please do take absolute care this is one of the historically most dangerous times of year on the road so extra care is advised gentlemen thank you so much listeners equal thank you speak to you next week goodbye